Wow, thank you, thank you everybody that has donated to our tech fund thus far. Tazzy and I are so overwhelmed with all the love and support that you guys have given us and we are not quite there yet. But we were so excited, we decided that we wanted to do a little something special for you. So everyone that has donated to the tech fund thus far, their email has already been sent to us and we will be sending out a very super special secret zoom link to hang out with us tomorrow yes tomorrow august 9th that's a saturday you guys will get to hang out with us chit chat have a q a and if you guys want to be in attendance all you have to do is donate to the tech fund send a dollar send two send a million it doesn't matter whatever you send as long as you send it through that tech fund app you get to go to the special q a with us tomorrow now Enjoy the show. What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Tez. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. Question for you. How do you measure your reasonable doubt to convict somebody of murder? Our players this week are... If you're listening to this, you probably already know what I'm about to say. That today is the day for you to start your podcast. You have everything that you need. Your computer, a little microphone, and Spotify for podcasters. It is the all-in-one platform where you can host, edit, and record your podcast and distribute it everywhere. Where you're listening right now, you can have your podcast there. I promise, for real. And it's free. And you can make some money off of your podcast for free free money free money is out there just go get it by starting your podcast today streaming october 6th on paramount plus first place i learned about death was a pet cemetery dead things buried in that land would come back there's something else something's wrong with timmy he needs time to adjust that's not timmy something's talking through him Sometimes dead is better. Pet Cemetery, Bloodlines, Rated R, streaming only on Paramount Plus. Franklin Cookie Bonner, 62 year old male victim. Mallory Vaughn, he's the co defendant, black. Shirley Bumpus, this is Angel's grandmother. Tamika Bumpus, Angel's mother. And Angel Bumpus, this week's murderess. Angel Bumpus was born March 3rd, 1995, to her mom, Tamika Bumpus. According to Angel, her father was not around too much, and her first time meeting her father was when she was like 10 years old. Um, Her mother was born in 1985 to her grandmother, Shirley Bumpus, who was also really young when she had her. In 2002, when Angel was six years old, her mother was sent to prison for forgery and identity theft. She was on her way to a hearing, and her mom tells like, you know, they're in those transport vans or Mm -hmm. whatever. So her mom tells the jailer the guard oh it's hot in here can you roll that window down you know like in the limousine when you have the between the, the driver partition. yeah the partition so can you roll that down the jailer does it's a woman she does tell me why angel bumpus's mom goes slivers a little hand up there grabs the gun shoots the jailer in the chest and then goes and carjacks a car and, tra- and escapes yeah 
the jailer, the prison, the guard did not die. She didn't get charged with murder. However, she got added on charges. I hear she had up to like 40 charges. She's at Arendelle with Tiffany Moss. We just looked it up. You scroll, keep on scrolling. It's just charge after charge after charge. They added on like 20 more charges on top of her forgery identity theft. And so she was sent away for 40 years. And was it worth it? Because you didn't even really get away. Right. So, I mean, this had to be pretty hard for Angel. Um, but, like, the Bumpus family name, where they're from in Chattanooga, law enforcement knew them. <laughs> Mom, of course, like we just told you, a uncle had a murder charge. Her daddy had a murder charge. Her brother's in jail. Mm-hmm. Grandma's had a few charges. She got a couple mug shots out here. But mm-hmm. most of her charges have been dropped. So the Bumpus name was well known after her mom's arrest angel went to go live with her grandparents and she was like you know these people were not a very loving bunch of people um that didn't phase angel too much you know she had a lot of company because she had a lot of siblings when she, she was the oldest of seven right she spent a lot of time helping them you know older siblings they do the raising doing the homework especially she like, the older uh female sibling right and she's the oldest mm-hmm um, she was a star pupil when she was in middle school. She loved arts and crafts and fashion. She had aspirations of going to New York and having a career in fashion design. Angel soon found out that she was pregnant and she had two girls that were very close in age. And she was kind of like, okay, I need a career where I can guarantee that I'll be able to provide for my kids, you know? So she's like, okay, let me go be a nurse like my aunt. She went to school and applied for a nursing program. Which like nur- nursing school is really, really hard. Yeah, it's not. I think people are like, oh, it's, you can be a nurse. No, nurses do everything. And a lot of science. A lot of science. And that is not for everybody. Her first semester in the nursing program was in 2018. Things were really starting to look up for Angel. Yes, she had kids young like her mom and her grandmother, but you can tell that she was actively working to try and break these generational curses. Like, she's like, I'm going to go get an education. I'm a Hold on a city job. Like. Right. She kept her nose clean and out of trouble until one day she got a speeding ticket, which is no big deal. <laughs> Story of your life. Oh, my God. I paid way too much money to the state of Georgia. We all, we all get speeding tickets. We've all had at least one, right? Yeah. So, you know, you pay the fine. Or you go to court and you try to peel it. Mm-hmm. You can do a no-lo. I can tell you all about traffic court. I, <laughs> I guess Angel maybe forgot about her ticket. and Which I have done. I have too. Mm-hmm. And then that means you have to go to no-show court. Or you have a bench warrant. Right. Because one time I went to, I called to pay a ticket. I was like, I just found this. They were like, yeah, girl, there's a bench warrant out for you. So, like, if you go if you go and miss it that same day, you can go to no-show court the next day and be like, I missed my thing. But... I guess if she remained oblivious, then there's a warrant out for you, mm-hmm. which is what happened to Angel. So she's arrested. She's fingerprinted. Mind you, the year is 2017, right? She, she's she got her fingerprints in the system. She's got this unnecessary arrest record, you know. Nobody was hurt in this process. Right. Then, you know, she goes about her business. And I'm sure she thought nothing more about it. Until one day in 2018, when Angel was 23 years old, Angel gets a knock on the door, and they're like, it's the police. And she's like, damn, what the police want with me? And they're like, yeah, ma'am, you're going to have to come with us. You're under arrest for the murder of Franklin Bonner. She's like, Franklin who? And they're like, yeah. 
the murder that you did in 2009? One, who is Franklin Varner? And two, 2009? That means I was 13 years old. What was I doing murdering somebody at 13 years old? Now, we know, we have heard on this podcast of 13-year-old killers. But to Angel, she's like, what the fuck? But Franklin Bonner was from Chattanooga, where she was from, and he was known by many in the area as Cookie. He was a 68-year-old man, and he had been married to his wife, Linda Bonner, for 20 years. He had retired from the Chattanooga Public Works and was known around town as the lottery man. So, you know, he ran the numbers, real old head type shit, especially for, like, 2009, like, Mm -hmm. running the numbers and stuff. So, he and his wife also sold, you know, a little bit of weed on the side, you know, a little... Down back here, a little eighth there, you know, small, small fry. So on January 16th, 2009, at 5.20 p.m., Franklin's wife, Linda, walks into their home and finds her husband bound to the chair and unresponsive. He was bound to the chair by duct tape, and the duct tape was not just around, like, his legs and his arms like you would expect if you're bound to a chair. Uh, The duct tape was taped all over his face in all different types of directions, and so, you know, it was not like a... I need you to shut the fuck up so I'm going to tape your mouth type of thing. Right. It was a, like, I'm going to keep taping and keep taping around and around everywhere I go. Taped around his nose, mouth, everything. Like, literally looked like a mummy. So his wife jumps into action and she cuts the tape off of his face trying to let him breathe. But he was still unresponsive, so she calls 911. They find Franklin laying on his side with his ankles and hands bound to the table leg and the chair. He had lacerations on his body and signs of blunt force trauma on his head and other body parts. The police searched the scene and they're collecting the evidence and, you know, they had to peel off all of this duct tape and send it in for evidence. And they were able to find some partial fingerprints on the sticky side of the tape. But there wasn't much else evidence left around the house. Mm -hmm. The house was ransacked and the police first mind is that it was a robbery gone wrong. They search the scene and collect evidence and they find duct tape with some partial fingerprints on the sticky side of it. But not much else evidence was left there. So they scan the duct tape and they end up finding a total of nine partial fingerprints and a strand of hair. One single strand of hair. They check his phone records and it turns out the last person on his call log was Miss Shirley Bumpus, Angel's grandmother. She's like, yeah, oh, I just called him for a little bit of weed, you know, nothing else. And she then became the initial suspect. But she was soon taken off the suspect list. There were no matches to the fingerprints in the investigation system. And with no matches and no other DNA, the case quickly went cold. And that's what his case was doing, was just sitting there pretty much collecting dust. Until one day, Franklin's granddaughter requested that the case kind of be reopened, reinvestigated. It was never officially closed, but cold cases just kind of sit. Yeah, they said the family every every few years they'd be like, look into it again, anything new, right? Open it again, and that's how all these cold cases, like missing family members or cold cases, that's how they get reopened. It's because somebody is nudging them, not because like They're the police are actively and- right. Franklin's granddaughter, like we said, requested for the case to be poked around, looked at it again, and and she hits up the police on January sixteenth, two thousand eighteen, and she's like, hey, my granddad has a cold case. How about some retesting? How about a little, you know? looking at again see what pops up they do and lo and behold they just had angel bumpus's prints put in the system from her arrest and on march 25th 2018 they found that two of the partial prints were a match for angel bumpus those partial prints were found on the sticky side of the duck they contacted the local authorities on june 12th 2018 now these are the local authorities they found everything in chattanooga but they had to find the 
contact the local authorities in Kentucky because Angel had moved to Kentucky when she was like 16. She hadn't been back to Chattanooga in a hot minute. Mm-hmm. She had them kids and got on. Right, exactly. So even like even the speeding ticket arrest that she got, that was in Kentucky. That wasn't even in Chattanooga. But once your prints are in the system, your prints are in the system, you know? They contact the local authorities on June 12, 2018. They're like, yeah, our number one suspect for murder is in your jurisdiction. Go get her. And two days later, she got that knock on the door and was arrested for a murder that happened when she was only 13 years old. When Angel was arrested, initially her identity was not revealed because the crime happened when she was a minor. So you can't reveal the identity of a minor, even if they're an adult now, when the crime happened at that time. So she waited to see if she was going to be tried as an adult. But she was not the only one arrested. A man named Mallory Vaughn was also arrested. Now, Mallory was 35 years old at the time of the arrest, which made him 26 years old at the time of the crime. So twice her age. Yes, That's math. Yes. (laughs) Twice her age. But the thing that Mallory had on him is that maybe there was some buzz about this case being reopened, this buzz about this case going into trial. And Mallory had a cousin that was in prison. And this cousin was like, you know, my cousin Mallory sure as hell did. He confided in me about, uh uh-huh, duct tape and a murder and Mm -hmm. a a, a numbers man, a lottery man. All that sounds real familiar. So... The police were like, yep, Mallory, arrest him too. So Angel started off with this one attorney and, you know, he said he was doing the best he can. And then this guy Garth Best comes in and he was like, I can do better. He's like, not only can I make sure that your case stays in the juvenile court system, but I can also get your bond lowered so that you can go home and spend this time with your family while you're waiting up for the for the trial. He did get the bond lowered. So she was able to go back home and she started working and she's like, I'm just trying to soak up the this time i'm just trying to soak up this time i have with my kids because i honestly don't know what's going on right Mm -hmm. she bonds out and she prepares to work with her lawyers which is this whole thing because the case is happening in chattanooga and she lives in kentucky so she has to drive 300 miles to chattanooga every time she wants to meet with her lawyers she's going back and forth between the states she maintains that she did not commit this crime she said she's never been to franklin bonner's home and she actually didn't even know who franklin bonner was she also said she had no idea who mallory vaughn was who was supposed to be her co-defendant so she's like i'm kind of not seeing how i play into any of this i don't know your victim i don't know your other suspected murderer i don't know nobody involved in this and i'm a 13 year old child what do you mean you know what i mean like life is really not making sense to her at this point so her lawyers are trying to look for the link between her and the victim franklin bonner right like because her fingerprints are at the house so there's got to be some link well it turns out her grandfather who was a handyman actually used to work at cookie's house all the time he said like two times a week he'd be over there fixing stuff and you know in any real niggas handy box they got some duct tape you know you can fix anything with duct tape when they talked to her grandfather he was saying you know as a child to keep her busy you know she would hang out with me in the garage and i'd pull the tickets out of the tape out and throw it at her so she could catch it and you know she'd play with it you know and um i guess not unheard of yana was obsessed with sticky stuff when she was younger she would take the the labels to the vhs's mm-hmm. the sticker on the front peel them off and never knew what the movies were because kiana has taken all the if there was tape or sticky stuff around wow. yana got and, and that lasted a while you know kids do like sticky shit i can also see like it's duct tape right and so sometimes shit gets a little messy and you have to undo it you know you know what i mean like it starts sticking together and you gotta i throw it away (laughs) okay (laughs) 
You know, some people don't like to challenge. <laughs> I, you know, I've, I've unstuck some 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 duct tape and tried to put it back or whatever. But, you know, that was her grandma. He was like, if I had to guess, that's the only way I could, you know, say that her hands cut on the duct tape, right? Angel is super upset, and she's just like, I don't steal. I don't hurt nobody. I'm a nice person. Like, this is not me. I don't do bad things. I'm, I try and live a morally correct life. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I'm on trial for murder is just baffling to me. So her lawyers in court are trying to push the idea that she was a good student, that she was literally 13 years old. And if you look at her, she's an itty bitty thing. Like, I feel like we say that a lot on this podcast. Like, I have to supposed to be itty bitty. And the mugshots that you see, this is her at 23. And I was definitely confused because I was like... The one where her hair is messy. Mm-hmm. I thought that was her thirteen-year-old mugshot, and I was like, I thought she didn't get caught then. That's her. No, 23. that's her. Yeah, she's she's a small little thing. So when she was thirteen years old, she barely stood five feet, and she weighed about eighty pounds. And okay, this is what they were working. The medical examiner said that the time of death had to have been between two fifteen p.m. and four p.m. on the day of the murder. And remember, his wife found him at five twenty p.m. On the day of the death, it was a school day, and Angel was marked present that morning. So the school bus would have dropped her off at home around three forty-five. The Bonner house is two and a half miles away from the bus stop where she would have gotten dropped off. If she would have walked to the house, that would have been about forty-four minutes. So, which would leave her a fifteen to thirty-minute window for her and Mallory Bonner, whomever, to rob, tape up, and suffocate Robert Bonner. The fence is like, look, this timeline makes no sense. Also, um, why would a twenty-six-year-old man be friends and committing murder with a thirteen-year-old girl? There was never any evidence on how they were connected, why they knew each other what family ties or social ties they have together and the prosecution never really gave any and they were like you know that walk that 44 minute walk that walk is hardly safe for anybody there's no sidewalks it's straight street i feel like you even have to go through the highway to get there right like why would a 13 year old be walking this still this whole time angel is like i know nothing i've seen nothing nothing at all don't know anything then one day a prison phone call was intercepted that came between angel's brothers and here it is Hey, you heard about how many, uh, ain't what happened? It's some case that happened nine years ago. A murder and an aggravated robbery. And they just, they took that for it. Happened nine years ago. Yeah. Uh oh. Nine years ago, two or thirteen. Come on now. Think about it. They called. It's the, uh-oh for me like uh-oh right like what y'all know that y'all not telling first of all why are you on the prison phone call talking about some uh-oh because that's all he gotta say and he don't know no one else and that was the main one he was like think about it think hard you so that wasn't a good look at all the last thing i want you to say is uh-oh when you talk when you saying anything with my name and murder especially if you're not clarifying nigga right uh-oh who fucked up because not me Right. Uh-oh, why would they ever think she's doing something like that? <laughs> like, you know, we need some clarifying details. Right. So, the prosecution, they also point out the fact that there was, there was so much duct tape. So, for them, that states that there was clearly a some type of struggle at, from the person who was duct taping them, right? Like, they were afraid of the duct tape coming a, loo- a loose or something. Right. Like, we really got to secure this nigga down. 
because he's a big guy. And even, you know, he was, he's 68. He's still a big guy, still active. He could definitely overpower a 13-year-old. Mm-hmm. So for Mallory Vaughn, they put his cousin to the stand to tell his story, and he kind of changed it a couple of times from when he initially talked to the police. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Mallory's team cross-examines trying to, prove that he's an unreliable witness and like he's just making this up to get his sentence you know right it's hard to believe prison witnesses sometimes you get somebody and you get really useful information but sometimes you get somebody that just wants to work the system and wants to get the fuck out which i mean i get i get it tell me what i gotta say but i wouldn't lie on my family though Mm, guess it depends on (laughs) (laughs) i guess it depends on which one The one big thing that Angel's defense needed to explain to the jury is how her fingerprints got on the sticky side of the duct tape. And it wasn't on just like one piece of tape. So one of the partial fingerprints were found on the duct tape that was found on the leg of the chair. And the other fingerprint was found on a piece of duct tape that was taped horizontally across his face. But they still brought light to the situation of what Angel's grandfather said. Look, she played with that duct tape all the time. She was a crafty kid. She she was a kid. She got into my shit, and I was over there all the time. So so they were like, that is a good, the only explanation that I can come up with on why this tape would be there and why her fingerprints would be on the tape that was found on Cookie. So, so like, if you watch this, what is it on, A&E, Guilty mm-hmm, RQs, mm-hmm. they're showing, like, the trial, and they have like a quick little recess and Angel's like, I want to talk on the stand. And they said, I mean, I understand that you want to tell about who you are now, but you cannot explain why your fingerprints were on that duct tape. And that's what they're going to come at you with. And unless you can answer that question, I don't really feel comfortable putting you on the stand. So Angel's like, okay, my lawyer knows best. I'm just going to do what she tells me to do. And she was like, you know what? They have nothing against Mallory. They are co-defendants. So, you know. He was an adult at the time. And you were just a child. So, if he goes, you go. And they have nothing to hold him. So, I'm feeling pretty confident. I don't feel the need to put you on the, on the stand. Right. She's like, okay. I'm going to listen to my lawyer and I'm just going to go with it. So, on October 3rd, 2019, after four and a half hours of deliberation, the jury has a verdict. Mallory Vaughn was found not guilty on all counts. Now, this had Angel's lawyers really excited. They were sure that they were going to find Angel not guilty, too, because, well, she was the minor. They were wrong. And the jury found her guilty of first-degree felony murder and attempting to commit especially aggravated robbery. Her guilty verdicts was a shock to her lawyers and to the onlookers. Now, when Angel heard these guilty charges, she didn't, like stand around like everybody else did (laughs) yo she was like fuck this shit she was like take me take me now and her lawyer was like it's not time for you to go yet she was like why why do i need to be here and the judge was like she could go she was like i'm not gonna see my kids again i don't want to be here just take me out now and they they took her out yeah so the picture the picture that she'll see like with her hands behind her back she wasn't cuffed (laughs) no (laughs) she like instinctively put her hands behind her back and walked and they were just like they grabbed her arm and like were escorting her but no she was not cuffed her hands were behind her back so after this of course she wants a whole new team because y'all fucked up the first time y'all fucked it up she's like i didn't even feel good about this shit and y'all like ah trust me trust me i trust you and look at me i'm in jail i'm in jail and convicted she gets her a new team and she puts in a motion to appeal turns out that 
Her DNA was nowhere else on the crime scene. Which I feel like is a huge thing. And so it's just a matter of the only evidence you have for me is is on an item that is not a fixed object in the house. It's not furniture. It's not the floor. It's not the door. It's something that could have gone in and out the house. But I think the big thing is that technically the duct tape was the murder weapon. I, I get it. But I also feel it's very plausible that her grandfather, who was over there twice a week, took some duct tape that she might have just touched. And even, not even to say that that means her grandfather's involved. You forget shit all the time. You tell him you couldn't put a little duct tape down and maybe forget to pack it in your box and not really care because you'll be back over there later that week. I understand that, but it was on the chair leg and the face. It's not on one strip. What do you mean? Like it's a whole bunch of finger, like different. It's, it, it wasn't next to each other. Right. If it was on the same piece of duct, same strip, you'd have me. However, my thing is like, it only needs like 12 line matches to be considered a match in the state of Tennessee. There's like what, 150 lines There's in There's so many. There, um, no, your fingerprint is like a snowflake. Nobody has it but you. Ain't that what the fuck they say? Mm-hmm. So I feel like 12 out of hundreds of lines or hundred two, however many lines are on my prints, I feel like twelve might match somebody else. I think it. I think it's possible. I think it's very unlikely that. You know what I mean? It's it's a rare chance that y'all are both. Is it feasible? Yes, but the chances are very very slim. They also say some of the investigators were shady and how they did it. Like uh, there was no there was no chain of custody for the tape. Right, like, when evidence, you have to sign in, sign out. You need to know all the hands that touched it. At all times. There was none for the tape with her fingerprints on it. And the hair that was found at the scene was never tested. Which is crazy. I feel like you might have might have found a winner there. And then, the duct tape disappeared. Like, they had it, and they tested it. But after that, they don't know what happened to it. So it's not like the duct tape could be retested or anything. You know what I mean? I don't like those. See, it's those shady police practices. Like, how do you lose duct tape? How do you lose evidence? If you're following, by not following the chain of evidence and not doing things the way you're supposed to. By not doing your job. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, um, so this appeal that she put forth was set back a couple of times because of COVID, obviously. But if you are listening to this episode today, if you're listening to it on time on Friday, which is October 8th, 2021, Angel Bumpus is in court today fighting for her appeal. So you can probably keep up with this case as it is happening literally right now. This week's episode is brought to you by Essence of KL. Essence of KL is owned and operated by Cassandra Johnson. And this week, the ad space is bought by her amazing daughter that said, my mama needs an ad space on Sisters Who Kill. All of her products are natural and handmade, and they're made with purpose. Essence of KL creates body butters that not only hydrate your skin without scents, but also creates butters and products specifically to cater to your needs. I love shea butters. I love body butters. I love anything that's going to make me feel good and my skin soft. And Essence of KL is that business. Essence of KL also takes special orders. If there's a healing body butter or oil or even specific scent that isn't on the site, guess what? 
they can make it for you just call or text and they will customize it for you i love anything that i can customize for myself now essence of kl was founded back in november of 2017 when amber's mom cassandra was driving down the street and god told her start making body butters she had never done anything like that before, but y'all know when the Lord speaks, you have to listen. So so she followed that intuition and Essence of KL was born. In January of 2018, she participated in her first pop-up shop and she's been killing it ever since. So make sure that you check out EssenceofKL.com for your body butters, pain relievers, anything you need. And now, back to the show. Alrighty, y'all. It is time for. Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I ain't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. Oh, I ain't do it, but if I did, I would have had gloves. I also just like gloves and tape. You'd have been there all fucking night trying to get this shit off. Like them thick gloves, not <laughs> medical exam gloves. Like gardening gloves. Okay. Like thick gloves, nigga. So, like, also, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't have thought to not get a speeding ticket. <laughs> Damn sure. I think unless, that every time after I get a speeding unless, ticket. Unless, like, I knew that I committed this crime. Because I'm just not convinced that she never knew who this man was. You didn't know Cookie at all. Yo, granddaddy be you live with your grandparents your granddaddy be over there your grandmother buys weed from him i'm not convinced that you don't know who this man is but you know how like you be younger and people be like do you know me your grandpa used to take you over to my house all the time she was 13 you'd be surprised what people don't remember if i'd be talking to chris and she'd be like i don't know what story you're talking about and me and yana be like you really don't remember and I guess I am that person. I don't remember anybody. You don't. And they'll be like, I know you. And it'll be middle school, Mariah. And you were 13 in middle school. And you'll be like, I have no idea. And I'm like, they're telling me this whole conversation with you. Sounds One like me. One conversation with me versus the person that, my, say, that my mama used. I remember my mama's coworker. And I don't it, remember people, people that I went to school with. I've talked to people who said they've had more than one conversation with you. Quite meaningful conversations with you that they can still remember. I'm an approachable person. People can have meaningful conversations with me and I will never know your name. It's not some big place. It's just middle school. (laughs) (laughs) And I went to a small school too. Right. (laughs) Just middle school. I don't, I mean, I literally only hung out with two people. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, people can, so, I mean, I'm just saying there's definitely people in the past that you can just not recall because that person was not important to you you know what i mean and if her grandpa was the handyman he probably this probably was not the only house that he frequented probably not but i feel like and how many times was she really there she's probably at home watching him six kids which i'm thinking if you're in middle school don't middle school get out the latest every state is different because mm. i was gonna say she was probably had to be home with them kids yeah I feel like there's enough reasonable doubt there. I'm not convinced that she didn't do it or that she wasn't at the scene of the crime. I'm, but there is enough reasonable doubt there that I would not convict her to a life sentence for murder. I'm going to leave it at that because I definitely, the tape doesn't make sense to me, especially because it's on two, two different pieces of tape. Yeah. 
I am Definitely just... think you need... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Them brothers, they know something. Them brothers know something. <laughs> I ain't doing it if I did. I'd have to find out what my brothers know. Okay? I have to find out what they know. She know what they know. But does she? Yes. I think so. She definitely did not know enough. She was like... They was like, we think you're covering up for your grandma. Like... And she was like, ah, me and my grandmother were never close. My grandmother's not going to come to me and say, hey, take the fall for this murder I did. But also, you know, you don't have to be close to, <laughs> to ask for a favor. It'd be the most distant some niggas that I come and ask you hey, for $5 to feed get- their kids. Okay. Because we've been hard. Niggas it's been hard in this <laughs> pandemic. And I swear I get paid on Friday, but if you, 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 and you could just give me five dollars, I had a cousin. <laughs> I had a family member call, and it seemed like they really wanted to know what was happening in my life. That's how they get you. <laughs> like, really was concerned. Told me how updated me. Got my spirit lifted. Was like, you know what? Can I get ten dollars? I was like, didn't I just complain about you about how I need to pay a bill? And I was like, Ugh. but what I heard was that you found a way. <laughs> and uh, what is ten more dollars? Whew. Yeah, niggas do not have to know you to ask you for, or they don't even have to like you to ask you for a favor. They sure don't. You swallow that pride, or you just don't give a fuck, and it'll happen. She could have easily been like, "Some I raised you and took you from your little mama, who da 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 da. You know, you gonna do this? Who knows? Could have been her brother setting her up for something." Or her brothers and got into some shit, you know. It's not enough answers for me, but it really just goes to like, what the fuck does beyond a reasonable doubt mean? Because this is, it's, I'm too fuzzy on the details to be able to say anything beyond a reasonable doubt. Parole or no parole? Um, like I said, there's enough reasonable doubt that I would, I would go ahead and let this go back to trial. It should definitely, yeah, it definitely needs to be retried. <clears throat> I really hope I really hope that her appeal goes well tomorrow, today. It's tomorrow right now, but it'll be today when y'all listen. Okay. Um, I, I do. I, I think she should do. at least get a retry. She definitely deserves a retrial. She needs an appeal so she can get a retrial and start this whole thing over with some lawyers prepared to do some lawyering. Some real lawyering. <laughs> Alrighty. Cool. So let's go ahead and read some reviews. I don't know why you wrote this long review, but it says, please read my review and I promise you I will never do this again. I'm finally on a platform that is able to leave y'all reviews. First, I want to say thank you for the time, effort, and energy y'all put into bringing us content every week. Now on the show, I'm hooked. I've listened to every episode at least three times because you queens bring so much life to them and I just can't wait for the next episode. I love how y'all throw a little third-eyed knowledge into the episodes. I love that each episode there's something new and I just can't wait to see what next week will have in store for us. Mm. Y'all show is the best one I found. I've tried to find other shows to listen to during the week but none of them give me life like yours. They're also blah. I just can't follow along but... With y'all, it's not like that. I find myself really engaged and hanging on to every word because I don't want to miss nothing. I get bothered when people try to talk to me while I'm listening because I have to pause and pay attention to them instead of y'all. Keep up the excellent work and keep bringing in the shows. Y'all have no idea much this blessing that y'all have sent to us and we can't wait to see y'all do bigger and better things just the podcast. Thank y'all again for giving us something that is just for us. Woo! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
That was long. I ain't gonna understand. Okay. This one's from Mellow Kitty. She says, love it. This is the best podcast. This podcast helps me get through work. Very funny, informative, and real. You keep the interest of the listener. All your information checks out. Thank you so much, and keep up the great work. Much love from South Florida. How you feel about South Florida? Are there a difference? South Florida? That's where you'll get murdered. Oh. It's Miami. <laughs> <laughs> South Florida, and then that's where the big money is, where you can get away with the murder. So, shout out to South Florida. Um... So, um, if you guys want to keep up with us, make sure that you donate to the Tech Fund so that y'all can chat with us literally tomorrow. Don't know when this is going to happen again, so make sure that y'all donate to the Tech Fund. Y'all can do that with the link in our bio as well as the link in the description box. If you want to email us about ad space, anything like that, just to say hi, just to say, you know, y'all cute or whatever, you can email us at sisterswhokillpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at sisterswhokillpod. You can follow us on Twitter at sisterswhokill. You can follow us on TikTok at sisterswhokillpodcast and join the discussion group. Got anything else, friend? Talk to us, we talk back. Peace.